forth and back and forth on Twitter. I sent her a couple DMs saying, hey, I'd actually like to put this shit behind us. We're going to have to see each other a lot for our shows. Like, let's just put this behind us. And she actually screenshotted the DMs I sent her and posted those private DMs to Twitter, which is just crossing a line. You know, it's just ethically wrong, but it's her. She's an asshole. So she did that. What's up, Bengal fans? It's your host, Joey Carney, and I want to thank you for clicking on this video. It was an amazing experience, and I can't wait for you to watch the full episode and enjoy it just as much as I did filming it. Now, if you haven't already, please like and subscribe down below to stay up to date with all the angles activity right here on YouTube. Now enjoy the show. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to another episode of The Angle Podcast. I am here with a very special guest. She is MLW's very own. She is the interview queen, Alicia, too. How are you? And welcome to the podcast. Hi, thank you so, so much for having me on. I'm doing all right, you know, taking things day by day, but I can't complain. I have my health, so things are all right. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I appreciate you taking the time uh, through these crazy times to come on here and and, uh, talk about everything that's going on. Uh, To kind of jump into things, how has COVID life been? I mean, how has it affected you and your career and everything that you do? It's been crazy. It threw everyone for such a whirlwind. I mean, especially in this line of work, I was gone every single weekend, you know, traveling around state to state abroad. And then you get told you got to stay at home. So it was a huge just punch to the gut. Of course, it can be worse with the times we're in. But I mean, just from what I was used to day to day, it sucked. So I started doing a lot more online, a lot more virtual interviews. Obviously, Zoom and Skype became my best friends. And you know, once I right, once I started realizing, okay, there's really not a huge difference in, in the quality or content. It's just, you know, you're not right beside the person. So once that kind of started to kick in, I realized things are going to be okay. Um, Things are changing, I feel like, every day when it comes to laws and travel, um, the way that that's working right now. So I'm kind of just keeping my ears open, but fingers crossed things get back to normal soon so I can get back out there and start doing a lot more appearances and shows. But, you know, it comes with the territory. I totally understand why things things are the way they are right now. So we just got to cope and hope we stay healthy and um, try to find new innovative ways to do our jobs. Of course. And I know you mentioned uh, doing Zoom and, and things like that. How has, has there been any adjustment? I know that you've done videos on your channel for years already, but uh, kind of just going mainly on Zoom or, or any other platform, is there any adjustment that you had uh, doing your, your interviews or doing any, anything uh, in general? Honestly, it was more so just the quality of it because before I was bringing like a $4,000 camera to shows and I'd be like, all right, this is going to look stellar. Or like even when I would do my little vlogs where I was using the selfie camera, like those still look incredible when you convert them down to YouTube. So the only real thing I had to kind of tinker around with at first was, okay, like Zoom records in 720. I want to make it as good as possible to get it to 1080. And you just figure out all the like really boring behind the scenes stuff. But otherwise the research was the same, you know, the back and forth with people, the actual interaction and interview were the same you reach out to people the same way uh, it was just you're not face to face so it was more so just the technology side which really didn't take that long to figure out and then once you get that you're off to the races of course of course and i know that you've been doing this uh for quite some time now how did you really break into uh 
at least hosting a YouTube show? So um, growing up when I was in school, I would just write a lot. I would write album reviews and I would never post them anywhere. It was just because I had finished work early in class and be like, I am bored as hell. So I would just start <laughs> doing that. So um, once that kind of finished, my parents found out about it and they're like, oh, you're writing these articles. Why don't you post them online? So I started just putting them onto a random WordPress, WordPress blog. Um, and then from there, it started catching on. I started doing actual in-person interviews and um yeah, it was really just long story short. It started though with email interviews. I would type out my questions, email them to a band and excited bands for the first like six years and then started getting into wrestling um, as far as the world of wrestling goes. So I would just email them a bunch of questions. They'd shoot them back. You copy and paste it into the good old internet and then you just post it. And then uh, I was at a show, a concert and a band I loved were performing. I met them afterwards. And um, was kind of told like, yo, why don't you try asking them two random questions? So I did. And because that was on video, it just went to YouTube because that's obviously like the best format out there. So it was really natural. I never thought I'd be an interviewer. It was never really the goal at first or the dream at first. But now because I got into this world, all the dreams have spun off of that. So <laughs> it's, um, it's bizarre. <laughs> of course. And I know for a lot of... Uh newer interviewers or podcasters, things like that. Um, they kind of have that, uh, the biggest issue that I hear with people is the confidence issue become uh, going on camera. Did you ever have anything uh, that kind of like held you back in a sense, or you, at least you felt when you first started uh, doing your channel? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, I just wasn't one to really love group projects. I hated public speaking. Everything kind of held me back, honestly. Um, and that was one of the main reasons I was like, all right, cool. I'm just going to like do my thing, apply to school and that's that. But then my blog started taking off and I was like, well, shit, like, do I abandon this little baby or do I turn it into a business? And I took the latter. So um, honestly, confidence has always been something I've struggled with from looks to just like really just trying to be like positive about everything. I have that kind of mentality where I'd rather not expect something to happen so if it doesn't ever happen I'm already prepared for it and then if it does I'm like super psyched and I'm like oh cool I thought that was totally never gonna happen um I've come a long way since then and it's honestly just because of trial and error like you learn a lot you fail a lot you succeed a lot especially when it's DIY I've been doing this DIY for almost when did I start for like eight years now so it's just one of those things where you learn as you go and as you learn you start realizing Oh, okay, if this person wants to sit down with me, like I must be kind of good at it. Oh, if this person wants me to host their show, that's huge. I must be kind of good at what I do. And then from <laughs> there, you just kind of, you know, you have to pat yourself on the back once in a while and be like, all right, you're not horrible. You're actually like pretty good. And then you just, you just grow from there. <laughs> of course. And I've seen a lot of your stuff online, uh, Ambi being one of them. And I think honestly, it's something special because it's combining two worlds that are more parallel than most people think of wrestling and, and music. Definitely. Um, how did that, well, first off, what does AMBI stand for and where did that whole idea come from? Yeah, so AMBI originally stood for a music blog, yeah. I was just trying to be super cheeky. Everyone had a blog and I was like, oh, why don't I just like literally call it a blog? It was the dumbest thing ever. And it was when I didn't have a business, like I wasn't making a name to actually pitch to people. It was literally, oh, I'm just gonna write this review and post it online. If no one sees it, who cares? And then obviously that all changed. So that's what it stood for originally. 
And it got to the point where I was doing so many music interviews, bands were starting to use wrestling references in them. And I started catching on, like they would do like a stone cold what, or they would go into like a macho man. I don't want to say accent, but like a macho man impersonation or voice. And I, I knew all these because I grew up watching wrestling. And so once I caught on, I'd mention it in the interviews and be like, I see what you guys are doing. This isn't going over my head. And then we just start talking wrestling or start going into like wrestling impersonations and the interviews would just swerve. And then that's kind of when the light bulb went off where it's like, oh my gosh, if all of these bands love wrestling, I bet you wrestlers like music. And then bam, like <laughs> idea, sparks, lightning yeah. bolts. It was like, why don't we try? Why don't we try doing both? Of course. And I've seen so many of your interviews on YouTube with, with different musicians and bands. Um, what is your favorite genre of music? Because I can kind of see from the, the people that you you have on there, um, but I did see it, you, you tweeted something about Linkin Park and Limp Bizkit the other day. I'm like, all right, off the bat, <laughs> I like her, her style of music. <laughs> I'm everywhere, and it's so weird. I tweeted that because something, we randomly, um, we were having dinner, and then after dinner, my family, like, we just Googled a Linkin Park video. Oh, no, it's because, like, they used one of the guys from, Link, um, from Limp Bizkit and um, another band, like they did this big, like super group, one of the girl from Veruca Salt, they did like a super group and they covered a song. And then we ended up, my dad was like, do you guys remember what he looked like um, in Limp Biscuit?" And it was like, when he had the black <laughs> eyes and the crate, like he looked yeah. scary back then. So we went down a rabbit hole and I was like, let me just tweet this out there. And the way that the world responded was hilarious. Right. But um, that was a really dumb story. I did not need to share, but anyways, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's really eclectic. One day I'll just listen to straight 70s, everything from Bee Gees to Fleetwood Mac. Then one day I'm in like a super like kiss mood. Then one day it could be Prince, Duran Duran, or even um, going back to like a lot of um, Philly soul or Motown. Like I'll just have a day where I listen to Shy Lights and I'm just like super chill. And then it goes to emo stuff from the early 2000s, the Taking Back Sundays, the Dashboard Confessionals, um, the Used. So I am literally all over the place like I love system of a down <laughs> and then I'll listen to something super light and airy two minutes later so yeah I think because I grew up with with my parents who love music my dad used to be in a band um music was just always playing around the house so I heard all these little nuggets and I just retained it all and my biggest passion I'll never let it go I'm I'm in a lot of ways I'm, I'm the same in that sense I have a I have a vinyl collection and everything like there's not one like there's like uh, alternative and then there's like pop and then there's jazz and literally all different kinds of music on the same way. Like yeah. One minute I'm listening to something and the next minute it's something completely different. It just gives you a different vibe. And I don't know, it, I like I like listening to music that way. So I completely understand. Oh, me too. I have a playlist called Sing Alicia and whenever I play <laughs> it, I'll literally go from like, um, like Josie and the Pussycats, the band in it called DuJour were like a fake Backstreet Boy. So it'll literally go from <laughs> that to like Corn to, um, I'm trying to think, like Spice Girls and then something super heavy and then Soundgarden. Like it is just all over the place. But I love it that way. You yeah. know, you don't have to pigeonhole yourself to just one thing. I even have like, there's only one, two country songs that I've liked my entire life aside from like really old, old, old country. And so like that even comes on, I'm like, all right, yeehaw, let's do it. So <laughs> it's, it's everywhere, all over the place. Yeah, honestly, country for me, I was never a fan of country. And nowadays it's so, I think it's so much more involved than it was. And it's evolved so much. I, I, I don't know, I've become a fan of, of some of it, but not as much as like, like other genres, but it's definitely right. one of those genres that is like picking up a lot, especially today. 
the one genre I won't touch is EDM. Like, I just can't get into it. I love music you can dance to. Like, the closest to EDM I'll get is, like, The Prodigy or something, where it's, like, hype, but it's not just techno. But, um, yeah, it's the only real genre that I, I don't dabble in a lot or ever. <laughs> yeah, I think it, when I was in high school and, like, right when I went to college, it was kind of like that period where EDM was, like, really, really big. And I just – it was, like, a phase. And I was, like, all right, this is I'm, – I'm tired of this. There's <laughs> – right oh my gosh yeah I don't know I just don't get it yeah but anyway I know we're talking about music here but um what type of uh or what interview can you say was the one that really like did it for you in the sense where where you realized you're like wow like this is really something like what I'm doing here and it's like working what's that one I guess interview that you had that that came Mm -hmm. to fruition I guess yeah, for, for me, I mean, I know earlier we were kind of talking about, or I was like validation and when you kind of realize like, okay, like this means something, you know, I, I am good at this. For me, it would have to be Metallica. Yeah. I was, uh, how old was I? I might've been 20, 19 or 20. And the company who was handling their press reached out and were like, hey, Metallica's in town. And they weren't really offering me it, but I replied back to it saying, hey, I would love to grab this interview if possible. I'll take five minutes with any member, like, please. And next thing (laughs) I know, they replied back as someone I work with frequently. And he told me, all right, we have your interview set up this time, this place, uh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, holy shit, like how did that happen? And so I went down, did the interview, I was with, it was with Robert Trujillo. He loved it. It was just, I walked away feeling great. I was so scared for that one. And that was back <laughs> in the days where like, I would get so nervous and scared for these interviews, but it just really validated like, Hey, you can literally hang with the best in the world. And it's only going to go up from here. Cause I was fairly young. So yeah, that one really was just, you done good kid. Yeah. That's a, I don't, that's a big, that's, that's a yeah. huge <laughs> Metallica. <laughs> yeah. That's, but um, from you said before that uh, all these artists and musicians that you had uh, talked with kind of made wrestling references. Was there a point where uh, were, were you a fan of wrestling growing up? I know that it, it's kind of like everywhere and you, people know of it, but not necessarily fans. Were you a fan growing up? Did you ever think that like that would become part of what you do? So I never thought that it would ever be anything more than watching it on the couch. You know, I I would watch it with my dad growing up. I was probably like two or three when I first was introduced to it. So it has been my life like for forever. So I've definitely always been a fan, but if I ever, even when it comes to music, you know, um, either of those categories or industries, if you would have told me I'd be heavily involved in both, I would have been like, you're joking, you know, there's no way. So I never expected to be in either especially wrestling but the fact that it landed in my lap and I'm here and I'm staying I'm not going anywhere that's a pretty cool thing but it's definitely always been in my life just now it's it is in my life constantly (laughs) (laughs) there's a there's uh a a lot of my followers are uh growing podcasters and interviews and things like that and for someone successful as yourself what can you say is the best or or the, the part of doing all of this that really you think that people don't understand um, that goes into it? So it's really interesting. Um, I was talking about this with a friend the other night, uh, his name's Spencer and he, he runs a podcast called Love Wrestling. And we were saying how people really just think, and you'll understand this completely, how we show up, ask the questions and like, that's it. That's literally our job. <laughs> and they, they do not understand 
all the steps, the whole process where you have to reach out to the person, you have to deal with acceptances, you have to deal with denials. Then once you get that green light, whether it's directly through someone or the publicist, then the manager, then the actual handler of the person, like it can be a pain in the ass. So once you get that green light, you have to do hours, if not days of research, then you have to actually put it together. So it makes sense, cross-reference that research to make sure it's unique. Then after that whole fun process um you do the actual interview where you have to first make sure that your tech is set up everything looks stellar sounds stellar then you record it hopefully it goes fantastic and then there's the whole editing process you know and then you upload it then you have to get all your social tiles ready like it is just i could literally go on there's like 10 steps <laughs> i'm missing so much goes into this yeah. and then that's just the behind the scenes stuff the actual interview you have to have the skill set you have to listen you have to be able to actually show some whether it's all the emotions from empathy to understanding, you know, um, connection, it's just a lot to do at this at once. Meanwhile, host the whole thing and actually be the leader and someone, someone, you know, fans want to come to the channel for. So it's a lot to do. And I feel like one of the biggest things that frustrates me is people don't understand that. So, I mean, if you're an aspiring podcaster you want to get into this world just make sure you understand all the aspects don't half-ass anything and just don't be scared to put yourself out there I have done so many things I never thought I would do I was thrown into so many different aspects of these worlds and if I just would have been scared of failure I would not be where I am today sometimes you're going to fall flat on your ass and it's going to be so embarrassing but then you pick yourself back up and that's that, you know, it's just, you live and you learn and uh, you got to start somewhere. So even if you suck at the beginning, keep trying and hopefully you get to where you want to get. Of course. And that's, that's actually really great advice. I know a lot of people, at least the, the people that I talk to, their biggest issue comes along the lines of like asking to do the interview where they're either scared to do it or they're not as confident to get an, a yes. And I tell people, it's not like, you're not talking to them in person. Like if someone says no, it's all right. Now you go ask 10 more people, you know, like it, it, totally. let it, let it motivate you instead of getting you down. And I think a lot of like up and coming podcasters or interviewers, that is like a really big issue that they have where they're, they don't know how to reach out where they're almost like starstruck, where they don't know how do I approach this person? They're, they're famous, they're this. And I think right. what you just said, I mean, just pinned it completely. It's interesting because there are times where I get starstruck. I'm like, oh my gosh, I've loved this band or this wrestler since I was like five. This is insane. But there's a fine line between between being starstruck and a fan and starstruck, a fan and professional. And I feel like I've seen a lot of podcasters and interviewers cross that line where it's not even like endearing anymore. It's just like you're now you're in like the crowd zone. You're not even in the, you know. Yeah. the respectable work area so <laughs> you, just have to, you just have to watch that fine line like be excited be thrilled you're interviewing this person but don't lay it on too thick because you are doing a job at the end of the day this it's a business this is what we're doing so yeah, i don't know it's a lot there's a lot of weird stuff you have to learn along the way <laughs> of course and now you're with mlw uh, a great wrestling promotion what was that reaction like did they come to you you know and say hey you know we want to have you involved how did that really come about? Yeah, so I reached out to MLW two years ago around WrestleMania, just saying, hey, I'd love to come down to your show and interview some people. And they replied back saying, hey, yeah, come into the locker room. And then I ended up getting booked for a couple other things. So I couldn't come down to their show because I had, I had paying gigs instead of like doing my interviews. So I ended up doing that instead. So they had my contact, they knew of me. And then about a year, actually might've been that same year, but 
in December or November, they reached out to me and they said, hey, so we would love to have you come down to a show. We would love to have you interview and we'll just kind of see what happens. So I was like, yeah, it's a booking. Like, this sounds cool. They're a great company. Why not try it? So I head down and then on my first day of being there, um, they approach me and they pull me over or aside and they say, hey, we love you. The guys love you. We, we want to lock you down. Like, we want to actually like offer you a contract. Let's talk numbers if you're interested. And at that time, I had a couple other companies who were showing interest. Yeah. And then uh, I was like, oh, dang, like this is happening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. And then we ended up talking and I just loved my experience there so much. I just ended up putting pen to paper a couple weeks later. So uh, I recently a month ago, I had my one year anniversary there. Wow. And I just I love that company to bits. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's been really fun. They just know what they're doing. The footage and the wrestling is just raw and passionate and just just so good. And, you know, it's quality entertainment. I love that I get to be free there. I get to say what I want, do what I want. Uh, it's just the creative power there is really incredible. So MLW. <laughs> Honestly, MLW is killing it. I mean, all over social media, you see the great responses that people are, are you know, they're just applauding the company in, in, in overall, the, the content that's put out, the, the wrestling, everything about MLW is really like making a, making a statement right now in the world of professional wrestling. What do you think is your favorite, uh, what is your favorite part of being involved with a promotion opposed to just doing it on your own um, on your YouTube channel? I feel like the the difference is when you're doing it for yourself, there's that internal pride where you're like, hey, I've brought myself this far. This is really cool. And then when you're working for a promotion, they're the ones that have faith in you. It's not just yourself. So they're like, hey, we want you to literally be our only backstage interviewer for this big company. You know, they're the ones pushing you. You have them supporting you in terms of sending you out through their socials and vice versa. Uh, you have, you know, even with this stuff going on right now with Selena De Laurenta, I mean, I, I can't stand her and we obviously have to work together. So it kind of forces you to in and out of your comfort zones and it gives you access to talent you might not even want to interact with. Right. Um, it gives you access to talent. Like we, we recently had No Muertes come in, which was like incredible. Right. So it's just, it's interesting and it really gives you a whole other platform. So it kind of lights a fire under your ass because you're not just working for yourself. You have to also impress the people that hire you. So I think that's the biggest difference, honestly. <laughs> and now that working with a, a wrestling promotion, being involved in the, in the wrestling world, I, I'm, I'm sure you get this question all the time. Uh, would you ever consider like training to get in the ring? W would that be anything that uh, like just interests you in any way? So I really don't have aspirations to actually wrestle because I just, I, I, I right now have bruises all over my body and it's just from bumping into shit. Like I bump into walls, I trip all the time, like I'm a mess. So I couldn't imagine myself actually being in the ring and just being like bruised to the core, uncomfortable. Like I have, I have so many friends in this business and just seeing them get hurt all the time and seeing them at 20 walking like they're like 60, it, it like hurts my soul and they're passionate about it. So, and that's not a dig, like they're passionate about it. They love it. So of course go for it, but that's just not me. Like I love to watch it. I love to be around it. I love to talk about it, but I just can't see myself putting myself through it. Like it takes a lot to put your body through that. And I just don't think I'm cut out for it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I completely understand it. When I first uh, began figuring out what I want to do in wrestling, obviously the first instinct you think is, do, I, do you want to get in the ring? Do, is that something? And I'm like, nope, not happening yeah. ever. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah. 
Now, you, you did touch on uh, Selena De, De La Renta. What, what is happening there? How, what, what was this, the starting point with what we're seeing kind of play out on Twitter now in MLW? So whenever we have tapings with MLW, you know, I love talking to everyone in our group, everyone who's in the locker room, like I get on with every single person and it's just like my little traveling family. I love it there. And anytime I see her, she just looks me up and down. She doesn't want to talk. You know, we're doing like lunch for everybody, doing Uber orders. And she's just like, I'm going to get my own food. Like she's just catty about everything. And then the way you see her actually treat me in promos, talking down, like that's literally how she is. So I, I'm just over it. And the whole Twitter thing that kind of sparked it is she was hosting her own show. They gave her a special, which I, she literally locked me out of the building for. So like, whatever, but it's just one of those things where she has no respect for me. So I put out the tile, but instead of like the promotion poster for it, but instead of her face, I put a poo emoji over her face and said, wow, she looks so much better now because she did. <laughs> and um, she didn't like it. And then from there, we literally just have go been going back and forth and back and forth on Twitter. I sent her a couple DMs saying, hey, I'd actually like to put this shit behind us. We're going to have to see each All other that. a lot for our shows. Like, we'll just put this behind us. Yeah. And she actually screenshotted the dms i sent her and posted those private dms to twitter which is just crossing a line you know it's just ethically wrong but it's her she's an asshole so she did that and from there i'm just like you know what i'm over it so now it's just kind of hell between us i don't know what's gonna happen when i see her at the next tapings i actually have her coming on my show today for an interview because we're gonna try to just smooth some things out but i don't see it going that way yeah. but um yeah i don't know she's just She's a she's already really jumped shitty. a few times, right? I mean, yeah, yeah. She's just a really shitty person. So, like, she is. She's just what you see is what you get, and I don't like what I see or what I'm getting. Gotcha. Yeah, I I, I had to ask the question. I, I know. <laughs> I know. That oh, no, no, no. I I completely yeah. understand why you're asking. Like, we're putting it out there. She yeah. just she's horrible. Like, she is <laughs> horrible. So, yeah. I mean, as we're talking about wrestling uh, and everything that's going on in MLW. What is your favorite part about wrestling? Is it is it watching what you know the men and women do in the ring? Is is the backstage stuff? Is it uh, what is your favorite part about what you get to do? For me, it's the backstage interviewing, just because you really do get to be yourself, but crank it to eleven. You know, you get to pull a Spinal Tap and just like go crazy. You get to be this larger than life character, and you get to be mad and furious and then happy and genuinely like cheer these people on. Um, I just love that camaraderie of it. And that's probably my favorite part other than actually watching it. And then the traveling, you know, you get to travel around with your friends, you get to be in different cities. Uh, when we did the Tijuana tapings, it was so cool because we just had tacos on the roof that Conan brought in. And I remember myself and a bunch of the guys were just sitting up there eating these tacos being like, this is really dope. Like we're in Tijuana, Mexico for wrestling. This is surreal. So it's just moments like that where you get to look back on it and think, yeah, I did that. Like my hard work and my job brought me there. So those are, those are some of my favorite parts. There, there are a lot. Awesome. And I know we kind of touched on it before, but for new podcasters who are watching or for anybody who's just thinking about maybe this is what I want to do uh, and they look up to you, what's the best thing that you could suggest uh as they're just starting this journey or even thinking about starting mainly just put yourself out there like 
even if you're tweeting to zero followers, you have to start somewhere. I didn't just wake up and have like 60K overnight or have all like the subscribers I have. You, you work for it. I started at zero. Someone like Dwayne The Rock Johnson had zero followers at one point. Like every single person starts somewhere. So don't let numbers defeat you. Don't let comments or even like whether it's people around you in your life or online like don't let things defeat you if you're passionate about it just keep chucking because hopefully sooner than later you'll be able to make something out of it and then you'll be as happy as you could possibly be because when you're doing this for work it does not feel like work at all so yeah just keep chucking push through and uh, don't let crap get to you because if you do like you will crumble and it's not a fun place to be in of course and for the fans who are listening and watching right now, where could they find you uh, across social media and, and all those good good things? Yes, time for my shameless self-plugging. So if you guys just search Alicia Two on Google, you will literally find everything. You'll find my Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, my YouTube channel, my merch store, where there's tons of awesome goodies in there. But uh, yeah, just please check that out. Check out MLW. We air every Wednesday night at 7 p.m. EST. Our show MLW Fusion is fantastic. We have such a packed roster. We recently had Leo Rush come on. He became a, one of our champions. ACH, I mentioned Mil Muertes. It is just stacked and uh, it's just quality entertainment. So check out the interviews, check out MLW. Um, and thanks. <laughs> thank you so much. If you, know, if you know about me already, thank you. If you're just learning about me, welcome to my world. I hope you really enjoyed you know, my rambles. And uh, thank you so much for having me too. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, come on and talk and just talk about everything that's going on and wrestling and music and everything in between. Yeah, no, it's been fun. Thank you very much. And uh, we will stay in touch. And for now, good luck with MLW. Good luck with all the interviews you have coming up and uh, have a good one. Thank you. You too. Bye. Let's go, let's go.